What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is Sunday. And Sundays are great for one thing. That's football talk. More more specifically, 49ers football talk. I love all the hashtag CCs coming in. Man, we've got a very, very good show, detailed show, um, planned for you guys today. It is Sunday, May 11th, episode 845. Um, And what I wanted to do is, you know, Over on Patreon, first thing I do every day, wake up, go through one of the rookies film. We got nine of them, right? So I'm just, I'm just going through these cats film and updating and upgrading all the draft write-ups we did before um, they were drafted by the Niners and just finding new things. And so what I wanted to do today, kind of the core of this episode, just rookie film updates, different things that I keep finding about these guys. And it's difficult for me because, you know, shout out to Juan Salas, uh, the great Juan Salas. He cuts up all these clips, you know, because usually the breakdowns we do are like 25 to 45 minutes, depending on the position and how many snaps they get and whatever else. Juan goes through and cuts them up into sizable bite-sized chunks that I share on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. But I'm only going to share one uh, each today on YouTube because I like sharing um, all the film clips on here, but it doesn't translate as well to the audio platform. And I'm very, very thankful to all the audio subscribers. Uh, unbelievable numbers that we're putting up, you know, this offseason uh, on the audio front, which is so cool. And so I want to be considerate to that. And the clips that I picked um, to, to, to go through, 
tell a story. So even though you can't see the visual, you know, clip itself, that's okay. Um, and so I, I think it, there's still a lot of value in those uh, those clips that we're going to play, just because again, you can kind of see the real the real time reaction of what it is these players do well. So uh, we'll see how much time we got, but you know, I've got stuff on Jair Brown, Cameron Latu, Robert Bill Jr. and Daryl Luter Jr. today. Um, those four prospects. Um, couple updates. Next week, baby, May 11th is the schedule release for the NFL, which I am so excited about. We're going to be doing 49ers Rush Road Trip. We're going to be doing home games. I'm not quite sure how many games I'm going to be able to do. Um, one, I, I don't know where I'm going to be living. If I'm going to be in the L.A. area, if I'm going to be in the Bay Area, that's going to affect that as well. Um, but we're, we're going to be figuring some of that stuff out, and I, I'm really, really excited about that. But um, – Let's go ahead and let's jump in. Let's go to the man himself, the guy the 49ers traded up for, Jair Brown, the safety, um, who is just a freaking baller, man. He He's so fun to watch. And just you've got multiple years of just quality starting play in the Big Ten. And... I just really, really, really like this guy. I, I was excited when we drafted him. I wasn't so sold on the trade-up for a safety, but, man, no doubt about it, you look back over this draft hall, you got a stud here. And you've already got the playbook. You've already got the template set out. He doesn't have to come in and start. He doesn't have to. Um, he gets to come in, special teams learn, which he's got some things he's got to learn at. I'm just going to be really, really honest with you. But some of the stuff that he doesn't have to change to fit in with the 49ers, physicality. Um, one of my favorite things growing up was always the Oklahoma drill. Um, if you've played football or coached football, you know what I'm talking about, where you line up the pylons you know, about five yards apart, and it's just a tunnel, and it's just two dudes running at each other, and freaking whether you're running back, linebacker, safety, doesn't matter. It's time to strap up and hit. And there is no issue whatsoever with Jair Brown on that. And on top of that, you know, before I play this clip, one of the things that stood out most to me is how aggressive and great Jair Brown is in the red zone, in the red zone. That's where he, like, he shines uh, because he wants to be a linebacker. He's a safety. This dude wants to hit. So here's a clip. Um, Oklahoma drill. This is versus OSU, Ohio State um, in 2021, a year ago, and just jumps out. So you're going to hear me get a little excited. I apologize about that. Oh, come up and fill, big boy. Boom. Look at this. Schmack. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is a huge hit. Safety of play now. He'll get down dirty. And 5'11", 208. He's, the, he's got the body to do. He can thump. He can thump. Watch him come in here. Boom. <laughs> Meet him in the hole, man. Boom. I mean, low man wins. And they both got low. And they both hit. And then the cavalry comes. Wraps up, too. It's not like it just brought the big hit. Look look at his hands come around. I mean, that that's, that's a pretty good Oklahoma drill. Schmack. Ah, football's a man's game. I freaking love it, man. Like, 
At the end of the day, football is about violence, right? Controlled violence. That's why it's so popular. Uh, you know, we have to behave. We have to do all these things. But you turn this on and it just gets those freaking – you get pumped up. It's exciting to see these guys go full speed and knock the whatever out of each other. And to see that from a safety, right? What is the 49ers MO? Physicality, right? You heard Lynch talk about some of the staples – that make people a 49ers physicality is at the top of the list. Whether you're a corner, we'll talk about that later with Daryl Luter Jr. Physicality is everything. You look at the way this team is built, whether it's offense, defense, doesn't matter. Physicality, our wide receiver, Debo, most physical wide receiver in the NFL. Just running through people's faces, right? Safeties, same thing. So Jair Brown fits a culture standpoint, a team building this is who we are jair brown fits he checks all the boxes now i went diving on a little pff deep dive trying to find some i, I did this with all all these draft prospects and so just want to share a little bit of film a little bit of analytics and just try to balance out and bring more texture to these players and exactly what the niners are getting his three highest rated games in 2022, this last year, he had an 87.1 against Utah, a 77.8 against Maryland, and a 73.9 versus Ohio State. Well, what do all three of those teams have in common? If you don't watch college football, that's okay. Those are three of the most prolific offenses in the country. You know, the Big Ten's not known for prolific offenses and whatever else. But you go watch Utah, man, so many NFL caliber players, they're incredible. Maryland, good gosh, how they're good. Both their wide receivers, NFL style players, quarterback. I mean, like they have talent there. Ohio State, yeah, enough said there, right? And so, one of the things that I do like most, and whenever you watch the film, like again, highlights are cool, and I love highlights. I, I watch them, but there's just something about the game feel, the game tape, because it tells the story. There's a difference between a play on third and ten and a play on first and ten. There's a difference if you're making a play in the fourth quarter versus the first quarter. The stakes go up. And with Jair Brown, goal line, whenever it matters the most, dude jumps on tape. Fourth quarter, whenever it matters most, dude jumps on tape. Against the best high-quality players, when it matters, dude jumps on tape. So I'm pretty excited about just, again, the tape shows he shows up big in big-time moments. Now, if we look at just one more stat with him before we jump out of here, he allowed a 56.3 NFL quarterback rating when they targeted him. That's incredible for a safety. That's incredible. Zero touchdowns allowed. He had four picks and one pass breakup in 2022. So we're talking about somebody that, I don't know, man. I was pretty excited about him as soon as they announced the pick. And again, it means a lot when a team trades up for somebody, right? So if a team stays put and drafts you, they like you. If they trade back, they'll settle for you. If they trade up, they love you. They love this kid. They love this kid. They went and got him. So the future is bright for Jair. It really, really is. I don't think 2023 is going to be that case unless an injury takes place because he could happily fill in at either safety. Now, I am curious. I, I I put a poll before we jump to our next player. I put a poll up at the top of the show uh, because we're getting ready for our top 90, 
you know, player profiles and all that stuff. We're about to start doing all that research. And right now we're in the ranking phase. And so I asked this question, who is the most important to the 2023 season? And I gave everybody four options because I have these players, different position groups, but similar placements on where they fit on this scale. And the numbers I gave are the people I gave you, Spencer Burford, Juwan Jennings, Tayshawn Gibson, Isaiah Oliver. And I just asked, which one of these four is the most important just to the 2023 season? And you can scroll up on the chat if you want to. And again, even if you're not watching this live, you can see it. Um, and if you want, if you're audio, I posted this on Twitter as well. And I, I could share this picture. The Twitter responses were even more extreme. Uh, Spencer Burford came in at 69%. Nice. Um, Tayshawn Gibson second with 13%, Isaiah Oliver 11, and then Jawan Jennings 5%. Um, if we're looking at the current YouTube poll that's still going on, Spencer Burford 76, Tayshawn Gibson 11, and Jawan Jennings and Isaiah Oliver tied with seven. Um, so it's interesting. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer? Or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers. For a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, I, I think... I, I did have um, Spencer Burford the highest on that list, but not by that much. Maybe I need to reevaluate that. And the way we're doing our 90-man rankings, uh, there's several of the producers are going through and ranking them on their own, and then we're going to average those rankings out, and then we're going to go 90 to 1, just like we did last year, an individual episode. I think it's one of the best things we do because it just brings color and brings personality to these players so that you can know them a little bit better. And, you know, 
the numbers didn't do well on YouTube. They did okay. But, man, I got so many people reaching out DMs just talking about how this is awesome. You know, my son is way more excited this year because he knows all these players, you know, because they watch it with their kids or whatever. And so I, I think that's – we go back to – what is it that the 49ers rush is about? There's so many Niners shows, and I freaking love that. Um, I really do. Like, what is it that we do? Want to educate, uh, increase football IQ, and increase the fan experience. That's what we want. Bring people together, community, um, those things. So even though it's a lot of work and probably ill-advised from a financial standpoint, I think it's valuable, and so I want to constantly, you know, put that out there. Got to give a shout-out to the man Clayton. The mad scientist is working behind the scenes. So if you got your questions, keep those coming. He's he's starring those, and at the end of the show, we'll get to our Q&A part. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring up let, – let's do our next player, our next rookie. Let's go Cameron Latu. Um And, you know, it's interesting to me, not my favorite pick in this draft. I've – if you watched us live, I, I was not a fan of this pick just because of what was still available on the board. I didn't like Cameron Lawtooth's tape too much, but now it's starting to process. And the fact that you have John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan come out and say, we're drafted for what he's going to be. You have Scott McLaughlin come out and say, he's going to be great. It's not where he is now. That helps a lot. I wasn't looking at it that way. Um, this is a guy that converted from defensive end to tight end. And... Shout out to David R who emailed me and you know, he had this pretty cool observation and I liked it. Um, he talked about, you know, they were trying to turn blockers into pass catchers with Dwelly and Warner, like, right. Like they went after these great blockers and tried to turn them into playmakers. It didn't work. Not that they're bad players, but the playmaking ability never came across from those guys. And so, again, the evolution of Shanahan, which I do, I love to pay attention to. All right. You, you had multiple swings at these high end blockers. It tried to turn them into pass catchers. Didn't work. Kittle was different because he had all the traits. So now they're coming at it from the other end, right? Especially with Lawtooth. They're going after pass catchers with good attitudes and willingness to block. And now they're going to try and adapt and change them into good blockers. So you got the playmaking, and Latu has that. Now, he doesn't have the tackle breaking. He doesn't have the speed. But, man, he's got the hands. And so this clip I'm going to show you, it's just a one-minute clip. It's quick. He does not block often, okay? And when he does block, it's very, very poor. I went through the entire Alabama-Tennessee tape. And it got really, really hard to find a good clip to show. But I found one. Uh, there were two positive blocking clips throughout the whole game. This was one of them. So to put it into context, not a lot of positive blocking tape. But that's okay. If we're sticking to the words of you know Shanahan and Lynch, the willingness 100% is there. He just got to be coached up. Uh, which is crazy because Alabama tight ends usually block well. But that's okay. Uh, he's, he's defensive end to tight end, whatever else. Here we go. Here's a quick clip on Cameron Latu blocking in the wing from the wing standpoint. He wasn't uh, quote unquote, you know, hand in the dirt, whatever. He was just off like Kittle does. But this was my favorite clip. I, I thought. There it is. There it is. All right, baby. We're going to spend some time on this one. Here he is, right here as the wing on the offensive right. Look at that. Engages, ducks his head, looks at the ground too much whenever he blocks. I I think that's a big reason why he whiffs. Does a good job here. 
Gets his hands on the shoulder. Crazy wide base. You don't have to have that wide of a base, but all right. You just kind of see him anchor and just waddle. So, you know, the first couple things I see, you, you can only block what you see. And he is constantly looking at the ground. Again, look, eyes up, eyes somewhat up, eyes up, eyes up, eyes somewhat up. Like, these eyes are straight to the ground. Then, once he engages, you see those crazy, crazy wide base. I like his arms. I like his hands. I like all those things. He's grabbing cloth, which I like. So, some positives. This is the very first inline blocking rep of this game, and we're almost through the third quarter. But this is a positive rep. That is a positive rep. I can work with that, right? And so, like, man, you see, like, th this is why I don't like highlights. I could put together the two positive blocking reps that he had that game and make it look like, dude, this dude's for real. Like, he fits the Niner way. But, again, if I go back and you watch it all collectively, it does leave some questions to be asked. Um, so, let, let's get into our analytic data or deep dives here's what's crazy like they use him cameron law to as a tight end with his hand in the dirt he doesn't ever block from that standpoint so and again like okay you say he never blocks there he had 40 40 pass blocking snaps the entire year just 40 like that's not that much but in that sample size he only allowed one quarterback hit zero sacks um, you know, not the highest rate, whatever else, but it's not bad. The thing is this, he has not been asked to do this consistently for the 49ers. We use inline tight ends more than any other team in the NFL. And, and those 40 pass blocking snaps are not just from an inline tight end spot. That's any time it was a pass play and he attempted to block somebody only 40 this past year. So that's a very small window. That is tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, so it's not like he's a finished product. And again, that's probably where my evaluation fell short is I graded where he was. The 49ers are looking for what he will be. And so constantly keep that in mind. Now, what is it that he currently does that is good? Look at Greg's con. Look at this. 80% of his catches went for a first down or a touchdown. Yeah, listen. And again, I could back that up even further. His average depth of target, or A dot, uh, which basically means this is how many air yards the ball travels, right? He averaged 9.8, which means the ball is traveling a full 10 yards before it gets to him every time. That is a deep A dot uh, for a tight end. Uh, to put this into perspective, look at the Niners last year. Jawan Jennings had a 9.7 average depth of target. It's 9.7 yards past the line of scrimmage where the ball finally gets to him. George Kittle had an 8, 8.0. So the story, and man, Greg is coming right on clutch right there, brother. Um, he has deep targets, and that's what he specializes in. Finding space, quality hand catches. He had three drops last year, but, you know, good, good hand catcher. This is a pass catcher. There's no doubt about it. Like, if there's anything that he does well... It's find space and catch the damn ball. And we have not had that. We haven't had it. Kittle's different, obviously, but from the number two or number three tight end, we, we had, you know, you had the little glimpse whenever we brought in Reed, you know, the old Washington player. That was awesome. But then he got injured. Uh, yeah, Jordan Reed 2.0. Greg is, man, you get out of my head, dude. Uh, Randy says dwelly 2.0, spicy. 
that would be a mistake. If if he turned into Dwelly 2.0, the Niners would be very disappointed because the things that he does better than Dwelly already is space and catch the ball. That That's where he's kind of at. He's better. Now, can he block as well as Dwelly? If we could – okay, here we go. I like this. Thank you, Randy. If we could get Latu to block as good as Dwelly has, this would be a home run pick. This would be a home run pick. Because what Dwelly does so well is basically block from, you know, the tight end, the tight end two or the fullback position, the versatility, all that stuff. But what Dwelly can't do is get in space and, you know, make those awesome catches. He, he made a couple. I'm not trying to downplay Dwelly, but he's an undrafted free agent. This is a third round pick. If you could sign, I'd sign up right now. Hey, we're going to get Law 2 to Dwelly S blocking. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Uh, that gets me excited. So I, I would really, really like that. I would really like that. Uh, no, Dwelly can catch, but there's a difference. Uh, Dwelly's athletic profile, actually, they're probably relatively close. But you just see it. It's different. It's different in the fact that the catches that, and I wish I had this clip pulled up right now, but that's okay. Like, this dude will make wide receiver S catches on the sidelines. Dwelly is just a big target that you dump the ball down to. Uh, that's what it is. And again, back to this average step to target, he's closer to Juwan Jennings and David right here. Latu might be a supersized slot. That's not a bad idea, especially in the goal line. This is a dude that broke the record for most touchdowns by an Alabama tight end ever. Juwan Jennings had one touchdown last year, just one, which was crazy to me. And I would not have guessed that. But yeah, you could do that right now. You could use him as that big slot role right now. Um, Jay Shaw, does Latu catch with his hands or wait till they arrive at his chest? Oh, one of the best natural pass-catching hands in this draft for the tight end position. He plucks the ball. Ball does never gets into his chest. Never does. I mean, this dude goes and gets it. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, so he's hand-catcher, hand-catcher, hand-catcher. Galore. Um, which I really, really like. Now, here we go. Uh, before we get to our next guy, Ryan, um, one of our Patreon guy, Patreon subscribers, says, how does the numbering process for rookies work? I love this question. And again, um, it's a seniority thing, okay? So, for example, it, it, it filters down rookies get what's left over. So all the returning players, they get the option, hey, do you want to keep your number or switch your number, Right? And if they want to switch their number, that's cool. The NFL passed a new thing saying, hey, if you switch your number, you have to buy out the NFL's allotment of jerseys that are for sale at your old number, which it's pricey. So, like, for Debo to change his number, it's, like, over a million plus uh, to do that. Like, it costs a lot of money. The NFL's uh, business, they're going to protect their own, which I think is kind of crazy. They should, like, meet in the middle, but whatever. So all the returning players get their numbers first. So if they want to switch, it goes starters. If everybody's a starter, usually seniority, um, things like that. Then it goes to the rookies get what's left over in the order they are drafted, right? So Jair Brown will get his first pick of number, right? And then <laughs> Jake Moody, then Cameron Latu, so on and so forth. Then the undrafted guys. And you just get what's left over. And that's why you see a lot of undrafted guys switch their numbers after a year or two. Um, <clears throat> so 
you kind of get to see that it just that's just kind of the way that it works so you get what's left over and it's just kind of like trickle down whatever um you get what's what's left over you get what's left over so that's how the numbers work and it's it's numbers are difficult to come by because with the 49ers they have a lot of retired numbers which is difficult and again you got to think 90 right there's 90 players on this team there's 99 numbers so you got to double up you have no choice to double up and so a lot of times you'll do an offensive guy and a defensive guy can have the same number, but not usually if they're on special teams and you can ask the league for exemptions on this and whatever else. But again, there's only 99 numbers. Now there's a hundred because now you're allowed to do zero, but the NFL has tightened up pretty harsh on retiring numbers because it just makes it the practicality of having 90 players, right? And you just kind of run out of things. Um, oh, what's up? One of uh, the the goats, the man, uh, 49ers George365, one of the show's producers. Thank you, my friend, uh, for your generosity in the super chat. He says, John, have a beer and a taco on me, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. You're the best, George. Can't wait to hang out again, man. Uh, sometime this year. I, I know you always come out to a game. We, we got to figure out which one you're coming out. And again, schedule comes out next Thursday, May 11th. So excited about that because... We're going to get some travel plans, man. Thank you, uh, George. Dude's a freaking man. He's just the man. Um, all right, let's jump to probably one of the, how do you say this, fan favorites already, and that's edge rusher Robert Bill Jr. Um, he is fun. Out of Georgia, you know, 4-4 four, four speed, fast, fast, fast. He's just a fun guy. And so going back through and watching more of his film, it's interesting because the way they coach their D linemen in Georgia is 1000% different than Kosarek. Thousand, like he's not allowed to bend the edge. He's not allowed to at Georgia. They have to go through the offensive linemen. They have to. And you see it with all four of them. Doesn't matter who it is. They go through the offensive linemen. So it kind of sucked for Robert Bill, who's a speed edge guy. And Nolan Smith, if you want to stick with that, same thing. They have to go through. And they rotate like crazy. So as I watched his tape and, and one of the like unintended consequences of his tape that just kept showing off to me, his handwork, holy freaking cow, it, it, I, I graded him very, very positive. You know, Bose is the best in the NFL probably in the last 20 years at just hand technique. But man, Robert Bill Jr., I was very pleasantly impressed. Here's a 30-second clip real quick of him just showing, and again, don't pay attention to so much of the speed or whatever in this clip. Just watch the hands. He uses them like crazy, and not only in the pass rushing sense, but in the run game as well. Here he is inside of the tight end. Yeah, you see the hands. You see the hands and just the violent, you know, only 14 bench press reps, which is really, really low for an edge guy. Here he is on the other side. Again, hands. When his hands get engaged you always see him grab and just stack and shed almost like a defensive tackle very forceful with his hands i mean he controls these dudes it was just so consistent that man you know you watch the tape and you're just like good gosh like offensive linemen will not stick to this dude he's just throwing them around he's just throwing them around um, yeah, Big Papa says Kosarek uh, sounded very excited about his, his 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 conversation. His conversion is the thing I'm excited about. Um, 
He says, JC, do you know how fast D Ford was? Yeah, I could tell you this in just a quick second. D Ford was fast, man. Uh, that that dude was a burner. Ah, he did not run the 40 at the combine. He was injured. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing that he was injured. Uh, that's not funny, but yeah. <laughs> Some players just kind of stick to what it is. Um, he didn't run at the combine, but I'm seeing a 4.59 just on a Google whatever. 4.53. At the pro day. So, yeah, this is somebody that has a faster 40-yard dash than D. Ford. But what D. Ford was great at that was different than Robert Bill. And, again, this is something else that come off tape. Streamlined, sprinter, first couple steps, straight up the field. Robert Bill, he's not there yet. And if you want to go back and watch all these full breakdowns, they're over on Patreon. And again, this is, you know, our bread and butter. We, we do these videos like crazy. We're putting out almost a video a day right now. And I'm going to keep doing that for a while. It's fun doing this full time. I'll say that um, not teaching and coaching during the same time. It's, it's allowed me to put out a lot more content. And hopefully the Patreon members are enjoying that. Um, but it, the, the thing I'll say is this. Robert Bill has to learn streamline straight ahead. His feet, as soon as he takes off, and I saw this almost every single play that he was trying to speed rush, his feet get out of his frame. And when one foot gets out of your frame, the next foot gets out of your frame. You know, I, I coached track for 10-plus years, and you got to have everything going forward. He's not there yet. He's he's a, he's wound up. He's got the speed. You're a 4'4 guy, right? right? Like, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I'm just saying he could be faster than he is especially at getting off the ball. His feet, like, again, you, you always hear the phrase, like, pin your ears back, right? The reason why they say that is everything is going this way. Nothing's going side to side. He's got a bad habit. And, again, Kusarek is the dude that's going to coach this dude up and make him, you know, what he could be. And what he could be, he could be a D4 type. He could be a D4 type. Now, I will say this. One of the things about Robert Bill is – that dude's so good against the run. Both those clips I just showed you were run game clips, right? He is, he doesn't have to be a pass only guy. That's going to be his role early, but he doesn't have to be that. That's not where it ends. This dude can be an every down defensive end, which is crazy at his size, but he can. I don't think they're going to ask him to do that. I don't think that's what's best for him, but the possibility is there. This is not just a one trick pony. Um, and, and yeah, what was his GTFO? We don't know the numbers, but you know, support supposedly from Adam Peters conversation and John Lynch's conversation with the media, it was top of the charts, which, you know, again, look at just like his simple numbers, right? Like, I mean, he was top of the charts at almost everything. You look at his 40 yard dash. He ran a 4.48. That's 98th percentile of edge rushers. You look at his 10-yard split, not as high, 1.62. That's 70%. That's kind of that outside the feet, outside the frame thing. Like It's almost like he's hopscotching back and forth. If he could streamline that, I think that's one of the things that you know, you're going to have to work on, which I am pretty excited about. Like This dude's got it. And again, with somebody that's this damn fast, his vertical is – Terrible. He had a 30-inch vertical. That's John Chapman worthy. Uh, not really. I don't think I have a 30-inch vertical. Mine's probably way worse. But that's 16th percentile. His bench press reps, very, very low. Like, 
there's certain things like you look at them and you're just like, oh, this dude twitched up. But certain things kind of went against that. But speed, speed, speed. He's got that. And he plays with great leverage. Um, yeah, Seymour says uh, D Ford started injured, ended injured, uh, had a good career. Uh, and I don't look back on the D Ford time as a negative. It, you, we never got what it could have been, but we saw it was the right evaluation. We saw it was the right evaluation. When he was out there, this defense was different. The problem was he just couldn't stay out there. And on top of that, hell of a teammate. And on top of that, you don't get Trent Williams. Trent Williams is not on this team currently without D Ford redoing his deal um, to give us that, that extra room to sign him over the chiefs. Like, and I get it, the jokes and all that stuff. And he's still on the salary cap. I totally understand that. And that's fair criticism. And they deserve that because of the injury history, but the football player check the character check medical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Um, right here. Ishmael, this was the hard thing to grade. He says, does Bill have any bend? The yet the answer is yes. The problem is you don't see it in George's tape because they don't want him to do that. Like they want him to go through the linemen. There is no speed to bend. There's just not a lot of reps of that. And, and so okay, let's put some numbers to this. Uh, whenever I was deep diving, thirteen percent of his snaps in twenty twenty two were in coverage. They dropped him a lot. Um. Now, if you look, he played five years at Georgia. Now, they rotate, which means, you know, freshmen get snaps at Georgia because they don't want them transferring. They want to keep them there. In his five years, because of the COVID exemption, whatever, he played five full years there. He only had, in those five years, 524 pass rush snaps. Not a lot. A pretty damn small sample size. In five years of playing, like, Georgia doesn't play a lot of guys. Like, if you look at the stats of Georgia's defensive players that aren't secondary players, it leaves a lot wanting because they just don't play a lot. To put this into perspective, so Robert Bill Jr., five years, 524 snaps, okay? Let's look at the guy we got last year, Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson played three years at USC. He's young, right? Three years, he had 697 pass rush snaps in three years. Robert Bill, 524 in five years. And on top of that, USC spent one whole year of Drake Jackson playing off-ball linebacker. Robert Bill Jr. is raw, raw. Played in the SEC against quality competition, NFL tackles, NFL scheme, whatever. Successful, but raw. Like, there's a reason why he was available in the fifth round. There's always a reason, right? Now, are the reasons worth it? Brock Purdy would say, nope, y'all got it wrong. Where's Robert Bill on that? Sky's the limit. I, I'm telling you, three down player is a possibility. The speed is a possibility, but we have not allowed him, and this is part of Georgia's scheme, to do what he does best, and that is speed to bend. So he does it. We just don't have film on it, Ishmael. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's one of the things that I think is interesting for sure. Um, I, I like that, though. I like that. Um, yeah, right here. Most of Ford's money is off the books. Yes, yes, that is correct. I think this is the last year of D Ford cap, uh, hit whatever. And we're going to get all that back, uh, or just not have to pay that anymore. But again, I always tell people like the salary cap hurts. The numbers hurt there, but I love to see people get paid. And I, I consider D Ford a real one. I really, really do. You don't get Trent without D Ford. 
That's just the facts. Uh, not the initial trade, but the long term. Right there, Greg is, yeah, don't make the Super Bowl without Ford. That's possible. Yeah, I think that's a legit argument. And man, you just saw it. You just saw the little glimpse. Ah, I think we're still paying Bobby Bonilla, <laughs> though, uh, says Randy. I like it. I like it. Um, now, uh, another update. Comp picks are now somewhat finalized for the 2024 season. So now you're seeing more free agent signings and people bringing in. The Niners are already at their 90-man uh, roster, but obviously that's going to change. But the idea is this. The comp pick formula, it's three parts. The number one and main part is average uh, salary per year, the AAV, okay? That's done. So if the Niners sign somebody else or whatever else, it does not affect that. And that's the predominating calculating factor in what the Niners will receive next year. The second one is playing time. And the third one is uh, season awards, where Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, all those. Those three things make up the comp pick formula. So where the 49ers currently sit, pretty damn good. Um, the amount of draft capital the 49ers have next year is pretty freaking great. Um, but just comp picks, okay? You're getting a third-round comp pick for Mike McGlinchey, and that's going to be before 99. So, again, let's back out of the comp pick conversation. We have our own first, our own second, our own third, and a comp pick for McGlinchey in the third round. All of those, that's four picks. That will be ahead of number ninety nine, where we picked, where we're supposed to, yeah, where we picked this year. Now we trade it up, right? But like, understand this: the 49ers will have four picks before their first pick this year, not the eighty seven pick where they traded up to, but where they were slated to pick first. So you got a third round comp pick in McGlinchy. You got a third round comp pick for Carthon and Demar Demico Ryan's being hired. That's going to be that kind of ninety nine territory. Um, we get a fifth rounder for Samson Ebukam. We get a sixth for Jimmy Ward, and we get another sixth for Mosley. So if we look at just all the picks, okay, let's run through them quick for 2024. Our own first rounder, our own second rounder, our own third rounder, McGlinchey third rounder comp pick, Carthon D'Amico third round comp pick, fourth rounder's our own, fifth rounder Samson Ebukam comp pick. We don't have our own fifth because that was a CMC trade. Our own six-rounder, Jimmy Ward six-rounder, Mosley six-rounder, and then seventh-rounder our own. We've got 11 picks currently, four of which are higher than where we picked last year. Like, that's a lot. Now, just a couple things that always get put out there about comp picks that are always like, all right, you can only get four player comp picks, which the Niners have maxed out. Um, if you could get more, we'd get another six and a seventh. But... Uh, those things don't come about. So, for example, Aziz Alshire, you would have got a six-round comp pick for him, and Daniel Brunskill would have got a seventh. But you can only get four max comp picks, so you get the highest one. So McGlinchey, Ebukam, Ward, Mosley. So we are not getting rewarded for Aziz and Alshire because according to the formula, Hassan Ridgeway and Isaiah Oliver canceled each other out. Charles Amenehu and Sam Darnold canceled each other out. Jimmy Garoppolo, Javon Hargrave canceled each other out. So that's the comp pick for me. I know we're not going to talk about that for a long time, but the calendar says anything after May um, 2nd doesn't attribute to that anymore. So these numbers are now finalized, which I think is a part. Uh, Ishmael says, man, I'm so excited to finally be in day one again. Man, you're telling me. Oh, the, you guys know how much I love the draft. Uh, 
and we will be in Detroit next year. You can book that 100%. So uh, we will have a 49ers rush road trip party in Detroit next year. Uh, we're going to have a good time. And on top of that, there's a lot of Detroit players on this 49ers roster. Um, so I'll be working the back channels and seeing some of these guys that we can get in um, because I'm excited, man. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of Detroit guys uh, on this roster. So uh, we're I'm going to see what we can do. Demos, top of the list, Ambry Thomas, if he's still around. But Samuel Womack, like there's guys that are Detroit natives and I'm going to be trying to get some of those out so that we can meet some, uh, you know, 49ers and have a good time with that. Randy um, here in the comments says, I heard the next draft will be very heavy with O-line talent. Is this true? And is that when the Niners plan to finally address the line, even though I'm confident in our line? Um, I don't know is the, the best answer. I have not broken down future draft guys. I know Texas, right? I know Big 12. But this was a very down year for offensive line at the top of the draft. There's no doubt about that. We'll see. I, I don't know the answer to that question. And I just want to be honest. I don't want to just put this out there or whatever else. But uh, we'll see. But again, even though the Niners have all this draft capital, they're not going to be picking you know, the top 20. <laughs> they're going to be picking the top 25. If this season goes to horse crap, I'm still expected a late 20s pick at best, right? So you're talking, you're picking 32nd, 31st, 30, 29 in that area, almost no matter what. Um, Cody Tito, what's up, man? He says, I'll be in Detroit next year. I'm from Michigan. Hell yeah. Uh, we will be broadcasting live. I haven't set it all up yet, but yeah, we're going to be doing that. There will be a meeting in Detroit. Kim, my man from all the way across the pond, what's up? He came out from Denmark to vegas last year and partied with us we had a great time what's up kim always good to see you man um uh, so all right let's jump to our last prospect that we're going to talk about today um again uh, trying to divide this up and you know we're processing these players here's the good news we got a long time till the season starts uh here's the bad news we got a long time till the season starts but i'm trying to make this as I don't know, meaningful as possible and to get through this off season. Well, which again, if you haven't joined our Patreon guys, go do it this week. You know, we've been doing this 1994 watch parties. Um, I think we're on like week 11. Now we do it every Wednesday at 5 30 PM. Guess what we got this week? 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. This isn't the playoff one. This is the regular season one. So this Wednesday, 5 30 PM, baby Pacific standard time. Available to all Patreon members, regardless of tier. Man, 49ers versus Cowboys, 1994. I don't know what you're doing Wednesday. I don't know what you're doing. But come on, man. You, you need to come hang out with us. Uh, Kim says, yeah, we'll be coming from Denmark again. We had such a great time uh, just hanging out with uh, Kim and his buddies from the UK. It was just freaking awesome. Uh, just all, all the European brothers that came out was just awesome. It was such a good time, man. Uh, the relationships that build, I'll say this. If you haven't come to a meetup, I strongly recommend you just try it. Just try it. You don't like it, I'll give you your money back. I don't care about that. I mean, we have to pay for the venues and the food and the drinks and all the stuff that we provide. But, man, we almost get resounding positives from everybody. And once somebody comes once, they always want to come again. And my favorite thing about all of it, it it's not, you know, it, it's, it's people meeting people and those relationships happening. That's the cool thing. 
Um, that's a, I, I I had a email from I should have probably wrote it all down, but they met at a LA meetup that we did two plus years ago, and we're in each other's weddings. These two dudes met each other, and what's it called? We're in each other's weddings. Like the relationship that they met at you know one of these hangouts, community baby. I freaking love it. I love it. all right. Other things I love, Daryl Ludu Jr. This dude is fun player. Uh, Big Papa, thank you. He says, thank you very much for delving into the most commonly talked about 49ers position. I will not mention it. We ain't mentioned it yet. We're not going to today, baby. Um, yeah, there's there's 50 podcasts out there that are going to be talking about that, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I want to spend my time on. Uh, not currently. Not currently. Um, but Daryl Ludu Jr., this guy, whew, he a grown man. Whenever I watch this tape, I just kept saying, like, this guy just plays like a vet. He just plays like a vet. The little things, you know, the, the, the two things that jumped on tape as I keep going through this, patience and a hand placement. And you're sitting there saying, like, what? Hand placement? What the hell that got to do with anything? Well, all right, here's a quick 30-second clip. Uh, Daryl Luter Jr., just hand placement and patience, jumps off the film consistently. On the number two, again, I, I keep seeing this continuously within five yards, getting his hand on that hip. It's such a smart, just savvy technique because it just it limits what the route runner can do from so many standpoints. And so you just you put it on that hip, slows them down, physical at the point, you know, at, at the top of the route. Look at the that's a big old tight end. Watch him just like literally push off. <laughs> Stays with it. Feet get out of the frame a little bit here. But not not bad. And, like, it's just, it's a collapsing point. And so, old linemen, you teach that to your line. Whenever you're doing a down block, you say, look, look, we want one hand in front of the chest, and we want one hand on the hip, and you want to extend on the hip. Like, as an old line coach, you teach that. You practice that consistently. This is where your hands go. This is where your hands go. And you don't see it a lot from corners. I saw it from him six or seven times in this game versus UCLA. Um, and every single time he did it, you see the the, the wide receiver almost like buckle. Uh, Tommy says, how is that legal? Yeah, 100% legal. Um, nothing wrong with it. Uh, legal from every single position. You just put it right on that hip and it just collapses. And again, like it, you practice those things. And it shows in tape the patience that he has in off coverage. It's crazy, man. He just doesn't get flustered. And my 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 write up is just like vet patient man. And whenever John Lynch and Peters and all them, they said like this dude's a man. Graduated already, I think economics degree. Married, got a kid. He's a father. This dude is a grown man. Um, and it shows on the tape. Yeah, Scott says Croc's take on how patient he is. Croc, if you Croc's incredible. We had him on the show uh, before the draft, and he's putting out you know a lot of clips. You gotta listen to what Croc says about corners, and it shows on tape that dude's just patient and chill. He's not flustered. He is not. He he's gonna get to what he's gonna get to, and you don't see him get beat over the top. So it's not like if you're patient and getting dusted, then that's a bad thing. That's not happening to him. And you say, well, like they didn't play anybody. Seymour <laughs> Butt says, collapsing like my grandma's hip. Oh, man. Uh, key alert, key alert. Life alert. That's what it is, right? Is it life alert? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, there we go. Um, that'd be a good nickname. That'd be a good nickname right there. 
but you'd have to explain it every time. And if I had to explain it to an older person, they might get mad at me. So I, I don't think I'm going to ask for that one to stick. But uh, let's jump into one of my favorite analytical things about him. Oh, Ishmael, he said, a traits guy, a traits guy that's mature. We did it again in the fifth round this year with him and Bill. One of them's going to hit. One of them's going to hit. Not because they're fifth round picks, but because I can't find a reason why one of these guys won't hit. They both fell into perfect situations. Who would you rather coach you on the defensive line than Kucerik if you're Bill? Who? Who would you rather learn from than Nick Bosa if you're Bill? Look at the cornerback position. Good. Who would you rather have coach you than Steve Wilkes Jr.? Uh, I don't think he's a junior. Is he? Is it Wilkes Jr.? I don't know. Steve Wilkes. It might be a junior. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Shot J. Help. I'm balling and I'm about to... <laughs> You're a mess, man. You guys, you're the best shot, Jay. You made, you made my morning. All right, let's get into some of these analytics on Looter that I liked. Um, again, traits to be a 49ers player, especially on defense, physicality. This dude only has nine career missed tackles. Nine in 1,557 defensive snaps. That's 6.4% missed tackle rate um, this past year. That's amazing. For a space player, corners, safeties, even linebackers, that's great. Now, the Niners are notorious for this. You look at Diamador Lenore, who had a zero missed tackle rate in 2021. Then last year, 8.8%, which is still one of the tops in the NFL for a starting corner. He had an 8.8. You look at Charvarius Ward, who had a league-leading corner, 2.0 missed tackle rate. Like, he fits... He fits. This is that's what's so beautiful about all of this is that you get these guys and it's just like, oh, okay, this is your role. This is what you do. This is what we do. This is the role we need. Check, 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 check. Right? A little frustrated in the third round with, with some of those picks, but if you want to get hung up on those, that's that's fine. But you look at some of these late round guys and it's just like, Ooh, all right. Yeah. This makes sense. This makes sense. Edgar. He says, great hope for next season. Cause players, uh, most mature. Yeah, they, they do. And some of these guys have to grow into their role. I don't think Daryl Luter jr. Really has to grow much into a role. I think he just needs a shot. Um, and the good news is he's going to, he doesn't have to, there's a lot of competition at corner. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Ambry Thomas might be getting cut. Like he's a bubble player. So now you've got it to where guys like Luter, he's going to come in and he's going to have to earn his spot. And if he can't earn his spot, then so be it. But it's pretty promising. It's pretty promising. And we've seen a lot of injuries at the cornerback position. This dude, he just plays. He just plays. That's all he does. Um, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, let's go cam. Uh, let, let's go Clayton. Let, let's jump to some of these questions that we got, uh, starred, uh, maybe on different topics and whatnot. Let's jump through that now. And again, go ahead and tag us if you want to, and let, let's jump all over the place. Here we go. Question satchel time from soul 684 Brown and Hufunga are a clone of each other. They're most fast there. They're more fast than what they have 40 show. Yeah. I'm with you there. There were some clips in his 2021 tape that I'm going through now. I'm trying to see the progress, which I have a lot of Oklahoma or I have a lot of Penn State film. So I'm just going through the progress of him. 
2021, his angles, Jair Brown, his angles and speed are definitely something that shows on tape as, you know, he's, he's missing those two things. A lot of people said that about Hufunga. Um, the one thing I would say that's different about Hufunga and Jaya Brown, Hufunga's play speed seems to be faster than that of Brown. That's just, again, my own personal take. You, you can look at the metrics, whatever else, they're pretty similar. But the one thing I want to see from Brown is just up here. He has to take better angles. That's the one thing as the deep safety Tayshawn Gibson's better at than almost anybody in the NFL. He's not a hair on fire, all that stuff, but Tayshawn Gibson's always on top of the play, always. And so if he can learn that, then I'm pumped because I don't want Jair Brown to be Hufunga. I don't want him to be that. I want him to be the shell, the carport, the over the top, the safety net. That's what I want. I want Hufunga to play lights on fire, hair on fire, whatever it is. And I want Jair Brown to be the cover. And he's not there currently. But he doesn't have to be. The playbook's set up. Look what happened with Hufunga and Tart. That's exactly what this is. Just with Jair Brown and Gibson. We got one year. Let them learn. Might get a couple starts if there's an injury. Next year, slide them in week one. Boom, baby. Now we're cooking. We're cooking with grease. We're cooking with grease. All right, Clay, next question. Let's do this. Tommy, he says, I hate to say it. The Rams won the Stafford trade. Uh, Detroit drafted a bunch of nobodies. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'll say this. Yes, Rams won the Stafford trade because they got, they got the ultimate prize, the Super Bowl. However, the Rams signing Stafford to that extension after the Super Bowl one of the dumbest decisions in NFL sports the past decade. They are paying Stafford forever, forever. Let, let me look this up real quick because it, it's it's pretty freaking bad. Um, Matt Stafford, let's see here. The extension, that, and again, like the trade, cool. The extension, yikes. It's bad. Listen to these cap hits. Oh, my gosh. This year, it's only $20 million cap hit. Not a big deal. Next year, 2024, $49.5 million cap hit for Stafford. 2025, $50.5 million cap hit. 2026, $49.5 million cap hit. It's bad. Now, you can cut him, but if you cut him, you, you can't cut him next year. That's the thing. If they cut him next year, they lose an additional $37 million off the cap. Like, this was a terrible contract. And yeah, they won the trade. That's cool. How long is it going to be until they make the playoffs again? And you, we could debate all day, and I love these conversations. You know, do you go all in? No matter what, you get the ring. Who cares? Screw everything else. Do you? Could you imagine if you're a Niners freaking season ticket holder and you get an email from your CEO or the president saying, hey, we're mailing it in this year because that's what they did. That's what they did. They emailed every single freaking season ticket holder of the Rams and said, we didn't think we had a championship window, but we want to be competitive, and that's where we're at now. Um, I'm sorry. I don't want that. As, as a fan, I don't want it. As a content creator, I don't want it. I want sustained success. That's what I want. Um, the Rams, the way they built, they had to. They had to, and again, everybody's like, well, it's worth it because they got it. They almost didn't. They did get it. But, man, you talk about that freaking phantom pass interference call on Cup. 
the dropped interception from Tart. I know the game's more complex than that. Like, it's not like it was a shoe-in. Like, oh, dude, they were 100%. No, they barely won three back-to-back games to get that. Now they got it. Give them that. Uh, those two per- two Super Bowls there, congratulations. Um, only one Super Bowl that they've won since they've been in L.A. their entire history. The other one they won in St. Louis. Eh, I don't want to get into that, but whatever. It's a whole other thing. All right, what do we got next? When do you start your 90-man roster countdown, says Tobias? We are starting it. Um, we're doing the ranking phase currently, um, and then we're going to average all those out. Then we're going to start our research. We have 47 returning players. So, like, we've done about half the research. We'll update that with all that stuff. But, yeah, we'll do a full episode on YouTube of every single player, 90 all the way through one. That's 90 individual episodes. But I think it's important. And, again, for the audio listeners, we'll combine some of them. Is usually what we did last year where we'll do, like, okay, here's number 90 and 89 players. I'll sync them together in a manageable clip and put that out there as a podcast. And so I think we'll enjoy that because the whole idea is – like like the comment said before, you know, everybody's talking quarterbacks on all these other shows, and we talk quarterbacks too, not saying we're whatever, but what is it that we do different? What is it that we could do that provides the listening audience with something of value? I don't want to replicate content. I don't like that. What is it that we could do differently? I think this is one of the things that we can do differently. It's a, it's a huge labor of love, uh, no doubt about it, but – I think it's good, and I think it makes us better fans, more knowledgeable fans, and makes us uh, enjoy the games more. Especially the number one thing that I got last year from that was everybody saying this is the most I've ever watched preseason because I now care about the number five safety. I now care about who's the number three nickel and whatever else. Like That's the cool thing about it. Um, you know, Quantrez Knight, the 49ers released a video. Go check it out. It's on their YouTube uh, channel where they went to the Quake game. And Quantrez Knight, who I love, I freaking love that dude. He is just a ball of freaking fun on and off the field. Um, They follow him. It's like a 10-minute video. But you just see the personality on this guy. And it's just like, man, he is freaking hilarious. And I got, you know, a bunch of people kept saying, I think Ishmael shared it with me first. But a bunch of people kept sending me this video. Hey, this your guy, this your guy, this your guy. Um, And it was just really cool to see because these guys are incredible. Like, you can go deep on this roster amazing talented individuals and they just need a shit they just need a shot um and we'll see if some of them get that this offseason uh for sure uh siggy says are fishers slam slash pancakes legal uh looks like he's grabbing their shoulder pads effective but legal hey there's nobody that does it better in the nfl than trent williams that that's his thing and they don't call it they don't call it um some of them can get called late and yeah, Fisher's tape is fun. I want to see where he plays. That's like one of my favorite things about going to training camp, which we're we're organizing. I'm trying to throw a party for training camp and figuring out when that would be good to do it the night before, the day before, the day after. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure those things out. But anyway, I, I digress. I want to see where Fisher plays. Do they play him at tackle? Do they play him at guard where a lot of people have him slated? I want to see him at tackle first. I really, really do. Um, David, what's up, David? He says, I can't wait for the 12th, ready to book my game trips. Yeah, I'm excited, man. There's is London gonna be on there? The Pittsburgh game is really, really high on my list. My my Canadian 
people have told me Cleveland, uh, they're coming down on the train in Troves. I'm excited about. It. There's so many fun trips. The Philly game, obviously, uh, we that was that was one of our first trips. Was the Philly game. Uh, we had an absolute blast. Uh, Got to hang out with Sin. That was a good time. Uh, and her husband Joe. That was really really cool. So, all right. Um, where are we at, Clayton? Are we out of questions? We wrapped up. We're wrapped up. Make sure you join us Wednesday, 530. 49ers first Cowboys, 1994. I don't care what you're doing. That's going to be freaking fun. Um, and on our Patreon, if you haven't joined over there yet, go sign up. We got a seven-day free trial and watch all the tape that you want. If you want to know what these guys are, the all 22 tape, we've got at least one video up on every single rookie, and I'm about to start the process back over. Um, again, so that is up on there. Thank you to all of our executive producers that make this show happen. Timothy R., David G., Philip K., Kilted Niner, and 49ers George 365. Clayton, the man behind the scenes, you're the man. And until next time, ah, this was fun. Stay strong, faithful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.